Dig. And I'm Hannah Hampton, and you're listening to HR After Hours. Hello, and welcome to HR After Hours Podcast, the only HR podcast that drops F-bombs like they might run out of stock, you know, with the supply chain and everything. <laughs> Hannah Hampton, how's life treating you, sister? It's fine. I have a feeling I'm going to be extra giggly today, because as you were doing the intro, I was, like, holding back laughter for some reason. So, Why would you hold back laughter? The laughter is part of the podcast. I thought maybe I wasn't as funny. <laughs> Fuck. No, I'm I don't know. Going, I... My God, she didn't laugh at that one. Why? That wasn't good. No, I, I was actually told once that I laugh at everything. So I don't know. I just, I, I laugh when it's funny. I laugh when I'm uncomfortable. Uh, so that's like 99% of my life of either laughing at something because it's funny or just me being very uncomfortable. <laughs> hey, now sure. I have to say this, our morning chatter or pre-show chatter is always real. Yeah. It was fantastic running into you uh, oh on gosh, spring yeah. vacation a little, a few weeks ago. It that was, was so much fun. Thing. It was awesome. My dog loves you. Oh, I love her. I just, it was so fun. People were asking me about my trip and I was like, oh, let me tell you about all the highlights. And that was certainly in the highlight reel of what I shared with people. So it was so much fun. I'm so glad we made it work. It was great to see you in the flesh. Yes. Well, well what's hilarious, you and I have known each other for so long. Yes. I keep just assuming you and my wife have met. Yeah. which is not the case. That was actually the uh -oh. first time because there was even during Pride Week a few years back, we were supposed to meet, but then she was meeting her friends and I was, we were going to hope to run in and yeah. you and mm -hmm. Mr. Hampton had to take off. So that didn't work. But I okay. keep forgetting that you had not met the night before we're having dinner out on, you know, out by the pool. And she's like, I cannot believe I'm finally going to get to meet Hannah. And I'm like, what? Oh, no. <laughs> And I did. I looked at her like I like I do when she says something stupid. Oh, yeah, she's, she's going to get me for that one later. I I, I walk, I'll get you for her. <laughs> I'm just trying to rile her up so she'll listen to this episode and come home a little feisty. I did. I like looked all slack jawed yokel. And then I realized oh, you guys had not met up to that point. Oh, my gosh. So we're all hanging out by the pool and I'm surrounded by nothing but women. I've got mm -hmm. you, my wife and Lola, uh, the dog, and she's laying out on her towel next to us. And, and anyway, it was hilarious because you would have thought that you two were best friends from high school. So, uh, both your wife and the dog. No, I'm just kidding. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, it was, it was really wonderful. I had such a, that was such a fun day. And we did very good at sunscreen. I did not get burnt. Uh, so that to me was a win as well because we were out in the hot sun for hours. But I think we came in for lunch at the right time. It was just, it was it was a fun day. I'm so glad we did it. It was a uh, 10 out of 10 would recommend. <laughs> and so the transition from that, because I'm sure people are going, we really don't care. We haven't had our vacation yet. Thanks. Yeah, for no kidding. Day. Right. <laughs> so what we're going to talk about, we got a couple of different topics. And the first thing I, I found this small piece, but you and I were discussing uh, how we seem to have hit burnout later. Mm -hmm than a lot of people we know. And I knew, I mean, I had spring fever so bad and I've had, kept having these, these Same. little two day inserts of great weather and then snow. It was like the Midwest. teasing or edging. If some people know what that is, but anyway, I just had spring fever so bad. And, and so booked the house and I was so excited to find out you were going to be down there when we were, but I was thought the same thing. I was like a last minute thing. I'm like, I need to get the hell out of Dodge. Cause I'm dying here. <laughs> That's right. You just went down to the, you, you decided to 
go visit the rentals, parental units. Parental units, yes. I did. It was a last minute thing and got some cheap tickets and, and got down there and it was it was lovely. It was such a good it was. I ended up staying longer than I originally expected because of some really bad weather that was coming through the Midwest, and I did not want to fly into it, so I ended up extending it by a couple of days. And what's crazy is my flight. I pushed my flight back, and it was cheaper. Like I got credits back from the airlines. It was actually cheaper for me to wait a couple more days, and now I have an airline credit, so I'm gonna have to find another place to go. So uh, that's that's sad for me, huh? Wow, you're just trying to get everyone that listens to us angry, aren't you? Probably, yeah, uh, I thought about it. As it was coming out of my mouth, I realized, I'm like, I Someone else a lot just of said, mail. well, I just booked my trip, and this is the most expensive flight I have ever Yeah, I'm going to get hate mail. People are going to be like, fuck you, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> I drove down so I could take the dog, and I was thinking about, you know, just how the spring fever seemed different to me. Mm-hmm. How it was just, I was, it was, it was a little, I was a little burnt out, I was a little fried, but I just needed a change of pace. And I thought we should kind of talk a little bit about some of the things you can do to beat spring fever. I'm going to use part of this article. This is an older article. It was actually on Hire Smarter, November 12, 2020, which odd timing for a spring fever article. But anyway, Hmm. so I'm going to kind of paraphrase off their four ideas because I think these are Decent ideas, but I think that there's a way to make them better. And the first one, they, they talk about rewarding yourself for being productive. I think you need to take it a little step f- further. And what I have found breaks it up is stopping and celebrating any small success. Mm-hmm. If you had something on your list or your calendar that you just kept snoozing for days mm-hmm. or whatever, and you actually get it accomplished, stand up. Say, look what I just got done. You know, and if you're in the office, make someone clap for you. Go, hey, I need a little applause over here. I finally got this off my calendar. You know, making a production of these, even the tiniest accomplishments, I think kind of help break up the day and you can have fun with it, right? Yeah, Uh, even those who work from home, like I successfully wore pants today. Like celebrate that when you get get out of your sweatpants and put yoga pants on. I don't know. No, I mean, sure, everything in in kind of on those same lines. You're talking about getting up and getting ready. This is something that I actually started doing before I even saw this article. And it's just start the day earlier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're a a big proponent of that. You're a morning riser, right? I am. And I I love, but people might in one of my yoga classes crack up because like, we, I have yoga at 7.30 on Wednesdays, and I remember there's been a couple times where I'm like, yeah, I got to my office, because I did a couple in-person days. I'm like, I got to my office at 6 a.m. I've got stuff done, and now I'm doing yoga, and they're like, what the hell? They're like, you make us feel so unproductive, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm trying to beat traffic, and I always like to get the good parking, so there's lots of reasons to my early rising, and then sometimes I just wake up, and I can't sleep, so I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to put my clothes on. I'm going to the office. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, it, the days I don't hit snooze where I just go mm-hmm. and roll out of bed and just jump. All of a sudden, once my feet hit the floor, I'm good. Yeah, for sure. It's just getting me to open my eyes and roll out of bed. Plus, I am one of those idiots who allows their dog to sleep with them. So she'll, she's pretty good about sleeping at the foot of the bed during the night now when Mrs. Danzig gets up she gets up a little before me and and goes into the shower lola 
will just edge over and start just cuddling against me. And, and then I'm like, I'm out. And so <laughs> I have to start jumping up before the dog sneaks over and situates herself because she's a cuddler and she's damn yeah. good at it. Oh, for sure. Another one, I love this one, and this is something else that I've kind of been doing. Let the light in. Okay. So to battle spring fever properly, mm-hmm. you need to accept the change of seasons. Let the warmer days work for you by opening the blinds, letting the sun into your workplace. I did. I actually got rid of my blinds and put curtains up in my home office. Nice. Put some fresh natural light in the, in the office and in the house, too, and it just kind of gets me a little more little more shiny, yeah. happy Mick. What about you? You know, you know, so, you know it's funny because I have a, my office is in a basement, but it's got an egress window because it, it's, uh, it could be, I don't say zoned, but it could be a bedroom. And I actually get, people are surprised. They're like, you're in a basement, you get so much sunlight. So I'm, I'm the same. I've got curtains where I can close them if it's in my face, but you know, I take it a step further and I'll just, I'll step outside. I, I keep my eyes closed, but I'll like just face to the sun, get that vitamin D right in my face, take some deep breaths. And to me, like, that's cleansing and it helps. Of course, like, I'm a yogi, so I might do, like, some, you know, sun salutations or something out there to, to even get my breath deeper, but to get just those cleansing breaths in. But, I, 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 yeah, I have to say the sunlight can do a lot of good. And, you know, a lot of people get that the seasonal affective disorder where, you know, they when the sun's not out for days, it, it really kind of makes you feel like it, it, it hurts your depression. It makes you feel crappy. So, like take advantage of the days that the sun is shining and get that vitamin D, get that fresh air and um, go outside for a couple of minutes. Even if it's just a couple of minutes for a quick break, you know, smokers get to smoke. So go outside like you're a smoker, but get fresh air instead of cancer sticks. You know, I used to do that the the very short period of time I was in an office and I would just stand up and go non-smoker break. Exactly. And I, I would just go outside and if it looked nice. And what I do now, and you know how I'm, I, I always talk about things being about perspective, I turn what some people consider a task into a reward. Again, apologize, but I'm talking about my dog. Walking my dog at some point in the middle of the day just to break up the day. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I just go like full on mrs kravitz and i i'm like <laughs> the nosy neighbor checking out who's got new what um <laughs> when i'm looking to purchase something i see what other people are doing you remember i told you for a whole summer when i decided to buy a new car i was checking yeah. out what everyone had in their driveway but i break up my day by taking Lola out for a walk talking to my dog and acting like an idiot maybe mowing the lawn or part of the lawn one day yeah. during your lunch break whatever it is break up the day and get outside breathe some real air if you can't do that, bring a live plant to work. That was their fourth recommendation. Okay. I, I Back in the day when I worked in an office, I definitely had plants around me. I loved it. So, yes, I agree with that one because that also cleanses the air. It gives you that good, good oxygen, you know. I have a ficus tree because those are so easy. Like, you know, I don't want to have to maintain something. You know, you throw out some water, you throw out some sunshine, and it will, it will thrive. I've had this. I've had this ficus. His name is Steve. I've had it for probably probably 15 years now, and there's been a couple of times where I thought Steve was going to die, but <laughs> Steve has not died, and Steve just lost all of, all of his leaves and said, you know what, I just need to purge and, and, and start anew, and, you know, I got some good advice on how to deal with that, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, if I guess I'd say for somebody who's got, like, a 
you know, a black thumb, as I like to say, you kill your plants, start with a ficus. <laughs> so very few people know, and I don't know if I've ever brought it up on the podcast, but my wife and I do not fight frequently or argue frequently. People make fun of us because most of our biggest arguments are about decorating. It's usually <laughs> art. I had this large fake ficus when we met. Hilarious. And it was probably eight feet tall. I thought it looked cool as shit. And I just love this big ficus because it just made an apartment dining room look nicer, I thought. She kept trying to tell me, we got to get rid of this thing. This thing's stupid. I hate it. Finally, I was on a business trip, came home, and she thought I wouldn't notice for like weeks. <laughs> and the first thing I said when I walked in the door in the is, house. where's, where's my fucking plant? ficus? Where's She's my like, fake plant? And she just went, damn it. But it was too late. It was gone. So, you know, there it is. On a more serious note, you know, we started with the, the spring fever because really burnout still an issue. And yeah, we tried is. to address, address it. Um, and I do like that you mentioned SAD. You have an article that I think is very appropriate, both uh, for us personally yeah. and just professionally for everyone we know out there right now. For sure. I mean, I... Forbes had recently published an article. So you can, if you Google Forbes, HR burnout, it was back in early, not early, but mid-April, April 14th. But Forbes uh, had an article and it said 98% of HR professionals are burnt out or burned out study show. So there was a study conducted by uh, WorkVivo, I think, in a disemployee experience app. And they had surveyed 520 HR professionals in the US and the UK on burnout. And learned that 98% are burnt out. That is troubling. That is shocking. But it's, I guess it's not, it's shocking, but also not overly surprised because it's just been a weird world for the past two years. They said that the trend emerged over the past 18 months as people dealt with remote work, with hybrid working, you know, just felt like all of these workplace issues were were largely left to HR to handle. And they talk about the great resignation. They talk about all of the, all of the, I guess, the emotional toll that all this has taken on the HR department. Because of course, so many HR professionals have had to deal with everything that's happening during this time where they've had to lay people off. They had to deal with just with COVID and all of that crazy stuff. This study also said 78% of respondents said that they are open to leaving their jobs. And I have to say, you know, I'm a part of a lot of HR groups on Facebook where people, and they're really great communities. You can ask questions, you're looking for support. But I've had a ton of people, or I've seen a ton of people posting about how they, they want to get out of HR. And they ask people like, how did you get out of HR? What did you do next? It's it's a tough time. So it's a tough time for HR right now. You know, to all my HR brothers and sisters out there, I love you. Uh, hang in there. But uh, it's it's a tough time. It, it, these numbers are shocking. Yeah. And I didn't interject while you were going through it because I could hear the, you know, the the sincerity of, you know, you felt what you were reading, knowing that people, you know, and that everyone goes through ebbs and flows and, sure. and it's tough and ups and downs. And it's been tougher lately. The, the HR peers that I have and in, in, in talking to them, the ones that I know that are good. They were able to make it longer than a lot of others as you've read the trends and everything, and they're feeling it now. A lot of them felt it in 2020, but they 
they forged through it and they wanted to be that sign of confidence in the office, right? Why these numbers are shockingly high, but not surprisingly high, is the good HR professionals that I know are the ones that go above and beyond. And they create a culture where sometimes their people look to them more for guidance than their managers or mentors. Top performers put on a strong game face, you know, keep their people going and push them forward. What I think good HR professionals are notorious for doing is taking on more and more responsibilities till it gets to become an unreasonable amount of responsibilities. So they, you know, as they've trudged through the beginning of the pandemic, And then realizing it's still going and still going. And then we see politics in the office, which is part of this article. It's one of the things that wears wears HR professionals down. And so it's just like stacking more and more on your back as you're trying to climb Everest. At some point, you're going to fall down. Well, I was going to say, because I think a lot of times HR folks will take on that emotional, uh, kind of the emotional burden and we'll we'll work really hard to make sure that employees kind of you know get what they need they get that that time off they're encouraging people to 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 take a break from work and to to use their pto and and this and that and i feel like sometimes they hr professionals don't take the advice they give and they probably use less pto than other folks or less sick time than other folks because you know, they're kind of taking on that that emotional burden and it's really tough. So I think it, it's, it, I don't know if it's just hard for HR professionals because they're so used to being the caretakers, but I think sometimes they forget to take care of themselves. And that is also a big piece of this burnout is that they are just taking on so much from others and uh, not taking care of themselves. So that's, that's self, self-care. I know it sounds cheesy. It sounds like something millennials say and don't get, you know, I'm like, of course, I don't want to have that conversation, but it really is important to take care of yourself. It's like in the airplane, right? You put your, your, you put that, your, the mask on yourself first, the oxygen mask on yourself first before somebody else. And um, I think HR professionals usually put their oxygen mask on last. So make sure you're taking care of yourself. So what I loved about what you just said is there's even more in there that I think that I think you realized, and it just changed the entire direction where I was going to take this conversation. So (laughs) the good news is for our listeners, it's going to make Mick talk less. I didn't see a a true solution reading this article as we were going Mm -hmm. through it. I do see a solution for this now, and you gave it to me. And, you know, here is the solution to reducing the amount of HR burnout HR professionals practice what you preach. Yeah. Everything you have been telling others to do, start listening to your own advice because Hannah was spot on. We are terrible uh, about making time to do the things that we guide other people to do. I, I can think of easily seven HR professionals I know that never take their PTO or you got to, I mean, So you've got to start doing the things that you were telling other people to do. And the thing is, you're not a hypocrite. You're just being too selfless at times. And I think it's part of the high number of empaths that are in HR, 
just the, 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 the great HR professionals truly care about their people and they start making sacrifices for their people by, you know, letting it eat into their time and putting in more hours to solve problems for others. Hold yourself accountable to take your PTOs. Yeah. Get on your calendar now because I know that you're organized and you're good at what you do. So I'm talking to everyone that's listening right now. Get on your flipping calendar and <laughs> out your next two vacations. And if you can't take a week off for a couple of months, you better find a Friday or Monday you can take off for a three-day weekend. Four-day weekend. Do that. Do both Friday and Monday. There you go. Make a four-day weekend if you can't take a vacation for a couple months. Stop talking about it. I bet the response rate on this survey was probably higher than anything they've ever seen because you're starting to finally talk about it. Do the things that you tell others to do. That's oh, it. Sure. Yeah. All of it. Get yeah. your benefits updated. Make sure your 401k is right. Set a time that you're going home. Take some time off. Make some me time. Go outside and get some sun on your face. But do everything that you keep advising others to keep them on board and to keep them sane and to make them happy. Hell, if you put half the amount of energy into one other person, into yourself, you'd probably be less burnout already. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Good advice. But you know, your was your advice. I just I just pulled it out <laughs> and, and put it into something. So you know, not only are we about putting the human back in human resources, yeah. put it back in yourself, invest in you, oh, take care that's of so you. Good. No, right? I love that. You you just you kind of you boil it down to like such a nice like bite there. Good job. <laughs> I'm gonna celebrate that. Oh Let's celebrate God. that. I'm going to celebrate that. I got something right. You know what? <laughs> Go out there and have a great day. Hannah Hampton, always great talking to you.